Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast, presented by First Federal Bank. It's Wednesday, August 31st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We continue to look forward to week one of the college football season with today's preview of the Kansas Jayhawks. Season two for head coach Lance Leipold starts Friday with a home game against Tennessee Tech, and the feeling is, well, optimistic about the season? There is a nowhere-to-go-but-up sense about KU. That's been the case for more than a decade, though. It's been an awful run for the program. Kansas hasn't won more than three games in a season since 2009. Still, the roster is deeper than in past years, and in Jalen Daniels, Kansas has a returning starting quarterback. On today's show, KU beat writer Gary Bedore breaks down Kansas football for 2022, and after a break, you'll hear from Leipold from his press conference earlier this week. Let's get started. Gary, it's been a long time since we talked. How you been doing? Pretty well, pretty good. Um, things are going well here. I hope you're doing well. Uh, Kansas football camp, which I've been helping out on, uh, is over. You know, now they're like the Chiefs, just in their basic practices, and they're all getting ready for Friday night. And it'll actually be interesting because you know, normally I don't I don't cover a lot of this and. After learning some of the na- a lot of the names and meeting a lot of the players, you know, you start to wonder how these guys are going to do because yeah. they're definitely working hard. And I know that's cliche and all that, but you know, it's easy to mock KU football because of the past. But when you're around them for a month, you realize Lance Leipold and his staff, who are well respected, are getting after it. You know? Yeah, you know. I don't. It, it it may sound a little cliche because everybody works hard, but there's there's probably a, a since since you didn't cover them in this way previously, like every day at training camp, that sort of thing. You don't have anything to compare it to when it comes to previous coaching staffs. But I have no doubt in my mind that Lance Leipold is getting the best out of his roster. He just has a no. That's his history. I mean, you, you don't have as much success as he's had without maximizing the the talent on your on, on the roster. Now we, you can argue about the level of talent on the roster, but yeah. I, I suspect Lance Leipold's getting the most out of his guys. I think you're right. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's six national titles at Whitewater. Uh, the guy's been on a lot of other staffs, including I was reading, he was on Nebraska staff once, yep. I believe. Yep. And uh No, the thing about Lance Leipold and his staff is if you do a quick Google search, nothing but praise, you know, from his days at Buffalo, everybody thinks he's good. And I think he is good. Um, I don't know the X's and O's as much, but uh, Kansas people, I think are happy that they have this guy and, as as much as a fan doesn't want to like write off a few years and say, well, in five years, we're going to be good. In this case, you almost have to just trust that they actually got a ball coach and a great, a good staff, great staff, whatever. And they're going to do their thing. And, and if you're a KU fan, you hope that in three years, four years, you're 500 or better in the league. And, and can compete in this league because KU, as you know, has lost a lot of football games in the Big 12 since Mangino, uh, his final year, they were eight and five, I think, 
and since then, no winning seasons. Well, that's right. Um, a couple of things um, about Lance Leipold. I think of when I think of the coaches since Mark Mangino. Um, Kansas went one of two ways. They they went with uh, you know either too much experience or too little experience when it came to the head coach. You know, you had Charlie Weiss and you had Les Miles, guys who were you know, probably looking for a, a last opportunity and, and maybe a last paycheck uh, from their in their coaching careers. And you had Turner Gill and you had David Beatty, who you know didn't have head coaching experience, and and uh, so they were. Seems like the coaching st- staff was either overcooked or undercooked, and um, and in Lance Leipold, I think they've got just the right amount of coaching experience and uh, expertise. So we'll we'll see where it takes KU. One thing though, Gary, Mark Mangino's last year is interesting. It's two, it was 2009. They went to the bowl games in 2007, 2008, but then in 2009, they get off to that five and O start and and then they lose out to lose their final seven league games. And Lou Perkins decides to fire Mark Mangino and the program has never recovered from that. And I know Kansas fans are hoping that Lance Leipold is definitely the guy. So Let's talk about this team a little bit. Uh, a lot of returning starters, including the quarterback. That's that's another kind of common thread through Kansas football fortunes over the past decade and then some is not having a, an experienced quarterback to start the season. But they've got that this time, right, with Jalen Daniels. Yeah, being a uh, junior who started the last three games, they won, they beat Texas on the road and played two close games against TCU and West Virginia. But he was given the, not given the job, but Leipold on day one said he he firmly expects him to start. He, he never said he was the starter till this week, but there was no controversy. And uh, that's good for KU and its fans right now. The not wondering if you've got three quarterbacks and there are any of them good are all of them okay (laughs) but Jalen Daniels uh got the number one tag according to the offensive coordinator and the head coach he's had a great camp a good camp and they've made it a point to praise extensively the backup Jason Bean who started nine games a year ago really fast i mean he rushed for a lot of yards but uh they've pointed out many many times at these interview sessions that bean has played his best ball uh the last month than any time at kansas he's only been here a couple years but uh they think they got two highly acceptable quarterbacks and daniels was named a captain and the players vote for that so they obviously like him talking to him really nice guy and uh exuberant and uh if football was like basketball you know where you get to see the faces and all that on the field the fans would love uh, Jalen Daniels so they think they're fine at quarterback uh not to jump ahead but these guys have four running backs and maybe five that they think are all really good or, you know, 
Big 12 caliber. Devin Neal out of uh, Lawrence High uh, gained 700 yards last year, but he's a sophomore. And then you bring in Kai Thomas of Topeka High, who I didn't realize was the second leading rusher in Kansas high school history. Wow. And uh, he comes from Minnesota, the university, with a teammate, Doug, the receiver, Emilian, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, but Kai Thomas gained, gained yards last year, 800 or so. But in a very interesting thing where we always look for angles and if the fans want something to get excited about, you've got two guys from Lawrence and Topeka who might be Kansas's starting backfield. And you'd say big deal because Kansas is no good. Well, if they get better, what a deal. Two guys from uh, this part of the state, Devin Neal and Kai Thomas, and supposedly both have had really good camps. They brought in Sevian Morrison from Nebraska running back. Uh, haven't heard much about how he's doing, but they do include him in the group. And Daniel Hyshaw is this big, strong running back who everybody says plows through people. So you got the quarterbacks and these four running backs, uh, at least four running backs to hopefully for the KU be the, be an interesting thing for the fans to watch. Yeah. And you, you know, in describing both the quarterback and the running back positions, Gary, you bring up a point that I thought Lance Leipold emphasized when he spoke to the media earlier this week that I thought was really interesting when he talked about the depth chart and the oars that are on the depth chart. You know what, the, what that means is, you know, the depth chart is where the players by position are listed, you know, the starter and then the second team and then the third team player. And in, so, in some cases, you know, when, when a coach can't decide or it hasn't been decided that a player, you know, is either the starter or the second team or he's on the second team or the third team, you list an or by their name. So yeah. you've got, you know, we know Jalen Daniels is going to be the starting quarterback, but if there was a really strong competition, it would say Jalen Daniels or Jason Bean. We know yeah. it's Daniels, but that's what I'm, just as an example, well, the oars are different for Kansas this year. With with the oars on the Kansas roster, the guys who are on the second team could possibly be first team players, which means they have depth. And I, I imagine it's been a while since the Kansas football team has had the kind of depth that it needs to compete in the Big 12. And I just, I just thought that was an interesting comment from from Lance Leipold earlier this week. Um, yeah. So, so let's go to the offensive line. You got uh, four returning starters, and so when we talk about the running game in the offense. There's, you know, there's some hope there too. Yeah, uh, they do have an NFL prospect at tackle in Earl Bostic Jr. Six six three ten uh, leads the line. Really good good guy to talk to uh x x the leadership role really well says he says he really wants to help turn this thing around but he's your guy there with center mike i believe it's pronounced novitsky he's been showing up at most of the media sessions another leader type guy uh six five three hundred so those two guys uh one of the guys was banged up, not one of those two, but one of the projected starters, I believe, was banged up. But 
uh, I was talking to David Lawrence, a former KU offensive lineman who gets to go to practice all the time. And he thinks that they are much, much improved on the line and he watches those guys a lot. So, uh, I don't know. I think that's a huge question mark still because we're talking about a team that hasn't won much at all. And uh, if you talk about strengths or weaknesses or question marks, you know, the line is a question mark because Kansas normally gets steamrolled in these games. And are these guys way better with these returnees? Like you said, they got a lot of returnees. Hit the weight room hard. Supposedly the weight coach is great. Uh, We'll see. I would call the line a question mark, though, right now. Okay. Okay. And then uh, Mason Fairchild returns as tight end. He was, yeah. you know, he was, uh, you know, had a good season last year, a good player. So, um, what about wide receiver? What uh, what do the what do the Jayhawks have around at wide receiver? Well, uh, Kwame Lasseter, who got cut by the Bengals, but is maybe will make the uh, practice squad is gone. And um, Trevor Wilson is the guy that has the legal problems and won't be heard of for a while with his, uh, he's been suspended as his court dates, you know, happen. And that takes forever normally. So you lose those two guys, which is pretty big, but what do you got back? Uh, Lawrence Arnold is a returnee. They got Luke Grimm as a returnee, and uh, they have Quentin Skinner, 6'5", who everybody's excited about. Now, the coordinator has hinted that these running backs are going to, could be on the field at the same time, a lot of them. And I, I could sure envision, you know, whichever one of these receivers has good hands splitting out and, and being receiver as well. But because of uh, what's going on at receiver, I don't. I think again, that's a question mark. I think uh, we don't. Know. I I would say that that that'll be interesting because Luke Grimm and Arnold are pretty good, but we're trying to to see if KU has Big Twelve caliber studs, and I don't know. But uh, question mark on the receiver position, I'd say. Yeah. I was going to say maybe the least proven part of the offense. Yeah, right. That's now a good way to word it. KU. Okay, let's switch over to the defense. Uh, a bunch of returning starters there too. Uh, among the the notables, uh, Kenny Logan Jr. at safety, and who's getting some some preseason All Conference uh, run, and linebacker Gavin Potter. So those are the names I think maybe the most familiar names on defense. Yeah. But this is where. Uh, Kansas may have found a, a, you know, a, a, an answer in the transfer portal, portal when it comes to uh, the defensive line. Yeah. Uh, Lonnie Phelps of Miami of Ohio, you keep hearing about how well he's doing and how what a good pass rusher he is. And he's the guy that had good stats at Miami, a lot of sacks last year. And he met the media one day, real uh, boisterous guy, not cocky, but funny and, and wants to get after it. And yesterday, the defensive coordinator, Borland, uh, I've kind of gotten this sense that Lonnie Phelps, you know, might be the superstar in the waiting. And 
I asked Borland at the end about Phelps if if uh, if he could be special, and he he acknowledged that he's really looking forward to seeing what he does under the bright lights because it sounds like this guy has had quite the camp and has the kind of pass rush you want. Nobody knows how these guys are going to play once the the real games start, but. From Miami of Ohio, Lonnie Phelps, senior. Or no, he's a junior, I guess. Uh, Big-time possibility there. Okay. So one <clears throat> one to keep your eye on, Lonnie yeah. Phelps. Um, all right, Gary. Let's uh, We're, we're going to hear from Lance Leipold here in a moment from his press conference earlier this week. But before you and I uh, stop our chat or end our chat, I wanted to – ask you about a little bit of a news, a little bit of news that came out of KU this week. And that is, um, looks like they're, uh, the athletic administration is studying a possibility of, of facility upgrades or doing something with the stadium. Tell us more about that. Yeah, they're accepting bids now from sports design companies till I think it goes till September 13th. And that would be a step that proves once again they're they're going full steam ahead. Uh, included in the jo- in the description of what they want is an improved football stadium. I think is the way it read. So it they would also it sounds like have some kind of convention center. I don't know if it's in the stadium itself or what. Maybe in the stadium itself. But uh, it wouldn't be a teardown. I think it would be a renovation. But they're taking bids. I don't know what the status of their fundraising is. Um, You know, even with them just taking bids doesn't mean the project is often official because they're going to need money. And I think Texas Tech's renovation that was announced is $200 So... Goff has been uh, get talking to donors. We know, and and obviously they do want this to happen now. So this bid thing will happen, and uh, maybe he's got the money. We'll see. He's he's had to work hard since getting here because he knows for so many reasons they have to improve the stadium with. Uh, realignment possibilities and all that stuff so that's where that stands they're taking bids so yeah Travis Goff the athletic director accepting bids for design purposes and you know Gary you you've been even though you haven't covered football as a primary beat I know you've been going to games and covering home games for decades yeah and I've been going over there for decades as well and there have been upgrades to the, the Memorial Stadium, right? The the press box that we sit in is certainly not what the original press box was. Yeah. You and I started going over there. And heck, people should remember. You have to you don't have to be, you know, too old to remember when they had a track uh, going around that stadium. It's for the you know that was built with a track around it. And it only came out during the I think it was Charlie Weiss who wanted the the running track out of there. So that's happened. And there have been upgrades and improvements there have also been talks of you know just wholesale changes right building a a luxury suite on the opposite side of the press i guess that would be the east side of the stadium opposite the press box and 
uh, and that never that never happened, never got off the ground. With each new athletic director, it seems like there are big plans for Memorial Stadium improvement. But my my thought is, I, I'm not sure what needs to change in you know it, it, with the stadium to, to radically to to make it a, a, a you know a, a modern place for for lack of a better word. I'm not sure what needs to happen. It's a stadium that's that's it opened in was it 1921 or 22 yeah. something like that and you know it's it has served Kansas pretty well the setting is marvelous it's one of the best settings yeah. that I've been in and you know it, it, I guess the stadium these days you have to maximize your revenue potential out of it that's the big thing if you've got to make money from your stadium and if that's the case then look then do Kansas needs to do what it has to do but I hope that in making changes, it doesn't lose the charm of, uh, you know, of, of, of a football stadium that's, you know, more than a, as, as much as a century old. Yeah, I agree. Um, have you ever been to Madison, Wisconsin? I have. I have been to Camp Randall, yeah. Is, is that stadium uh, kind of what you would want Memorial Stadium to be with their renovation? I mean, that thing was old, right? Yeah, it, it was it was old, and and they've done a nice job at Wisconsin. And well, one of the one of the reasons is they they fill the stadium every you know every home game, and there's seventy five thousand plus, and their student section is incredible, right? They yeah they do the uh, the jump around after the third quarter, and it's it's an amazing atmosphere. And you know, in the best of worlds you know, Kansas would fill its, you know, like it did in 2007, the Orange Bowl year. You remember yeah. going to those home games that year and, you know, having to get to the stadium hours before kickoff just to, you know, make sure you could navigate the traffic. And it was an incredible place. It was a beautiful place when it's filled and yeah. you know, you a winning football team. So I'll tell you the stadium that I've always thought was a model for the size and scope of Kansas is the University of Utah Stadium. Um, that is a, I think it seats about 45,000. The seats are closer to the field than, than in most places. The atmosphere is terrific. I don't know from a structural standpoint or a financial yeah. standpoint, it does all it can do, but I just thought the atmosphere of the games that I've been to at Utah are, are tremendous. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, you, you hope, you know, Kansas, you, you hope, maximizes its you know, whatever it wants to get out of a football stadium. And I'd be curious to see what, what designs come back for, for this. Uh, and, you know, is, is it a mixed use? You know, that's what stadiums are going to now, not yeah. just, a, not just a stadium, but um, you know, uh, uh, you know, commercial development around it and, and even residential development around it as well. You know, the, the chiefs have hinted at that. If, if the Royals move to downtown, you know, could Arrowhead Stadium become one of those types of mixed-use development places? So, um, interesting times, and and we'll just see what uh, what Kansas comes up with in, um, in in exploring the the new stadium or not new stadium, but renovated Memorial Stadium yeah. possibility. So, all right, Gary, great conversation as always. Uh, like I said, we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, you will hear from KU head football coach 
Lance Leipold. Buying your first home is a huge milestone, but the journey there can be confusing. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is here to make it simple. After nearly a century of serving the KC community, our loan advisors have experience in every type of housing market. With a short phone call, we can give you a free rate quote and talk through loan options. No pressure, no obligation. The road to home ownership can be simple with First Federal Bank. Get started with a free quote at ffbkc.com slash homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City, because banking is personal. Member FD Equal housing lender. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Good morning. Uh, obviously, it's game week. and uh, excited to get the thing going. Uh, probably just to follow up briefly on uh, last week's um, off-field incident. Um, just follow up on on, uh, on the releases that were sent. Uh, obviously, um, well, first of all, I'll just say uh, uh, Trevor Wilson is uh, continue will be suspended indefinitely um, until there's uh, you know uh, further progress in, in, in what's happening there. Um, Charges were dropped against uh, Tanaka Scott. He returned to practice today, and uh, he will be suspended for the first game. Um, yeah, uh, just real quickly, definitely disappointed, um, you know, but uh, disappointed that those young men are in that, you know, put themselves in that situation. Um, but um, equally uh, disappointed in myself. Um, as a head coach, it's my responsibility, and, and put out messages, and and to put it on young men to to make great decisions, and wherever it may be, and wherever that that, that takes place. So, um, obviously, I haven't done enough in my in my role um, to to prevent those situations, and I'll continue to work to be better. Um, yeah, it, it's game week. It's something that we've been, you know, you, you put. I told the team the other day is. You think back to you know last January. It's really January when you return after the semester, and uh, everybody's excited. They put all those long hours in, all the time in the weight room, all the things we ask, and, uh, and then you start here in first of August, and you know uh, battle the heat and all the other things you got to go through the long days, all the preparation, and now you get a chance to you know we only get twelve of these. You know there's uh, other sports. You know you get. 40, 60 uh, uh, other opportunities, play fit 20 minutes later or something like that. Uh, you know, we, we get 12 of these and we have to make sure we make the most of them. And uh, so um, we, we were off yesterday, practice Saturday, um, more full pads a day and, uh, you know, pleased as we as we started really in-depth prep. Uh, you know, Tennessee Tech, anytime, uh, you know, we look at last year's opener as a battle of the wire, Anytime you play uh, an FCS school, sometimes not as much knowledge of them. They have a coordinator on offense. Um, 
program that, that continues to build, but you know, steady uh, throughout. So you, you never know exactly what you're going to see. You can see it all the way through these uh, zero-week games that uh, a lot of different things can happen in, in college football. So being sound in all three phases will be very important and, um, and important for us to get off to a good start. Excited to be um, playing at home, of course, as well. David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. Um, you know, encouraging a great crowd to come out. I know last year in our opener in the fourth quarter, our student section and fans were, were definitely a factor in that and in creating energy, and, and we hope we get that from the opening kick. I'll open it for questions. Yeah, and you have to be, you know, you have to be fundamentally sound and, and you know, be prepared for adjustments on both sides. And I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, throughout throughout our careers and things, you look at it, uh, you know, being being at a group of five school before this, and um, you know, you get a chance to play power five schools, go into bigger stadiums, much like FCS schools that that have a chance. This is their chance to make an impact. I'm sure there's a great excitement and energy for them to get their season started. And again, again to, to come into a big 12 uh, stadium in that, I'm sure they're going to be more than ready to play. It's time to talk to you. Uh, Armage, Reed Adams wasn't available. What's his status looking like? For He's this practicing. Week? We'll, we'll see right now, but he, he practiced full today, did a little bit on Saturday. So I would, uh, I would expect him to be available. See, they're listed as an or, uh, Armage and Dominic Puniar. Um, so what do those two kind of look like in terms of the battle? And I guess what are you going to be well, looking for for the guys? Well, it'll be a battle all the way across. You know, some of that, the battle is health. Sometimes the battle is, you know, splitting and, and guys are going to get opportunities to play. Um, got a lot of ors on that on that too deep, more than we ever have before, because a lot of guys deserve to be on that and they're going to get opportunities to play. Um, sometimes an or is a, is a matter that you don't know if you have one, you know, and, and so you're going to try to split it. I like where our oars are on the depth chart right now, meaning we have we have uh, guys that are going to be capable and, and give us depth and quality uh, production. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett, and to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. Their website is ffbkc.com. Tip of the cap to Gary Bedore for sharing his insights on KU football. Today's morning sports edition was full of college football previews, plus baseball, NFL, U.S. Open tennis, and much more. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.